Welcome to Dispatches, the York Regional Police Podcast. I am Eric Chapman. The advancements in technology have taken our world into the future much faster than anyone could have ever expected. We all live online and have access to almost any piece of information we can think of, including things we don't want to know about. Creating and organizing case files is key to efficient policing, and obtaining instant access to that information on patrol is another part of this. Today, I'm joined with Superintendent Kelvin Chantium, Inspector Chi Bat, and Deputy Chief Paolo De Silva. Deputy, why policing for you? And later on, why the technology side of policing? But why policing? Well, uh, my journey into policing actually started when I was 19, a unique uh, story. Um, I was actually in University of Toronto studying uh, to go into economics first semester. And I was working at the Bank of Montreal um, at uh, Bloor and Royal York. And it was one Saturday morning. Uh, unfortunately for me and the teller at the time, uh, we had two uh, gunmen come into our branch. Um, one stood at the door, one jumped over the counter and um, racked uh, a shotgun at my partner's head, uh, told her to empty, empty out the till, um, came to me, told me to empty out the till. And from that moment on, um, she never returned to work. And um, I wanted to make sure that I did something um, in my career that really minimized the victimi victimization of people within our community. So uh, my journey uh, started 30 years ago and I'm into my 29th career. And that was uh, my story as to the why um, I got into this profession. And what brought you to the technology? side of it. I've always been interested in technology. Yeah. I, I think throughout my career, I've always wanted to do things that actually helped officers, uh, created opportunities for efficiencies with what we do and the day-to-day -day business that we do. So I've always had a hand in technology one way or another, and it's sort of uh, lended itself well as I progressed throughout my career. Oh, right on. Superintendent, what got you into policing? Well, I grew up in the uh, Jane and Finch corridor as a kid, and uh, there was a lot of crime in my area. And uh, went to high school, and one day the uh, police uh, came to the high school for career day, and uh, they came and approached me and thought I'd be a good candidate for policing. At that point, uh, that time, I didn't uh, think it was a good way to go into policing, so I went to university, and then I rethought my uh, career plans, ended up applying to York Regional Police Service. In uh, 1990, I became a police constable. I've been here for 33 years, trying to safeguard the community I grew up in, and now I'm in the north end of the city, which is now York Region. Wow. And technology, has it always been a thing for you as well? It is. Yeah. Uh, technology yeah. is really uh, from three decades ago to now, it's, it's seamless. It's, it has to happen. What was it, just if I can touch on that three decades ago, what was it like then? Was there even much technology at all? I started with the uh, mobile data terminal in the car and basically it told you where to go to yeah. a radio call. Uh, there was no internet. There was no uh, message to message uh, from us to the dispatchers. Uh, your voice radio, pen to paper. I had a Samsonite briefcase. Uh, a big baton, no tasers, basically use your words. Your words are basically your, your strength as a police officer. And, uh, you know, from 30 years to now, wow. everything we run, we run our office from our cars. Yeah. Inspector Bat, 
What about you? What brought you to policing and then technology? I've always wanted to be a police officer ever since I was a kid. Um, I remember when I was in grade one, um, being at my elementary school and having Officer Mike Moran uh, standing there showing off the police car, showing off the uniform and just absolutely infatuated with the uniform and wanting to be able to help people. And it was just something that I was always wanting to do my whole life. Uh, my university path took me a little bit differently. Um, I went to school for medical science, actually. Oh. And then in my fourth year, I decided I'm like, not doing this. I want to do policing. And so I came back home and I applied to York Region Police and here I am. Here so it, it it's funny because it really is a lifelong dream that I was able to accomplish. Um, so I, I, you know, to this day, I wake up every morning, just proud to put the uniform on. Like, I absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, how do you feel sitting there right now doing this? Like people looking, that's really cool. Every single morning, I'm still shocked that I'm doing this because this was something as a five-year-old kid waking up, watching all the police shows, um, you know, playing police around the house and things like that, right? Just uh, something that's always been with me, right? So when I finally was able to do it, like my parents were like, yeah, okay, this was the right thing for you. But technology, has it always been for you a big thing? Technology has always been a big thing for me, right? So um, different than most, I grew up with computers, right? Um, I had my first computer when I was four years old. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and so I've always been... Uh, not addicted to technology, but it's always been part of my life. Um, computers and then the Palm Pilots and, you know, the PDAs and all of that. And so when I got into policing, uh, funny story about how I got into technology related to policing was actually because of uh, Superintendent Chantium, who was my sergeant at the time. I think he needed some help fixing a printer and I was able to help him troubleshoot that. And he's like, tech is a place for you, right? <laughs> and uh, so from that point, um, you know, he said, maybe you want to get involved in some tech projects. And I did. And then really what I found in the tech projects is you can find so many efficiencies and change the way we do business. And it's been neat. And I've always been attracted to these projects because over the course of my career, I've seen policing adapt and evolve so much by leveraging tech. So tech is always something I love, but then be able to apply it into the career that I love. It's just, it's the perfect mix. Yeah, for so. sure. Yeah. Okay. So the amount of data that needs to be stored from body camera footage to files, case files is massive. So where is that stored and how is it accessed? So we don't have uh, body-worn cameras in uh, York Regional Police. We have in-car cameras and it's uh, stored in a cloud-based so the ev uh, digital evidence uh, system. So it's, it's huge. And we're able to uh, 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 tag the uh, case file so it's seamless and it's easy access. And that case file can be accessible to our court bureau or anyone that uh, looks for evidence for FO or Freedom of Information requests. This one to be a fun fact there with uh, Inspector Bat. I was his uh, very first uh, supervisor uh, he's the first one in uh, York Regional Police to use a BlackBerry. So back then when uh, he was, a f I don't know if you remember the story, but uh, he, was, he was getting deployed in the road and I, I said, uh, Chi, I need you to download the all the rules and regulations. So I remember clearly it was about 4,000 pages of rules and regulations. And she was able to uh, download in his BlackBerry and able to share that with his uh, teammates on the road. What kind of information are, are we storing everything from notes to like police footage data, like what is in there? From a history perspective, the evolution of um, actually records keeping, notes, um, case files. When you think about 30 years ago, we literally, we have banker boxes of files. And I think to today we still store some of those files because they've never been digitized, right? So when you think about the evolution of case files, data management, we've gone from pay, uh, banker boxes uh, to actually terabytes of information. So we have evolved from a banker box 
to storing things physically to actually storing things in a cloud environment. No different than the general public. And I'll give you an example because I think it's really something that's telling from a community perspective. When we investigate certain types of crimes and when you talk about either human trafficking, sexual offenses, uh, child pornography, I'm not sure if the public fully realizes that on a 500 gigabyte like drive, we actually have to copy and image the entire drive. And you think of that compounded by how many cases that we do. If you were to envision, a, a you know, a storage facility with banker boxes, one of those drives itself would probably fill the whole storage uh, facility, right? So when you talk about cloud storage, leveraging uh, cloud to actually um, store that information has significantly benefited us. And it's only been recently that we've gone to the cloud because before we would have racks of servers where we would replace every year, we'd have to buy more servers, more servers to a point where we said, we can't afford to keep buying more servers, right? So we have to actually continue to do what everybody else does, which is find a secure cloud space and actually put that information into the cloud. Wow. So. Yeah, I, can, I can't imagine the monumental task of copying all those case files to digital. Like that must have been a heck of a process. Well, and, and to date, um, we, we still haven't done all of it. Like we, we have... Um, locations uh, that we're not going to disclose where those banker boxes still exist. Yeah. There are homicide cases, sexual assault cases, old case filed, cold cases that still everything that the investigators done, they've boxed up uh, in the event that there's a breakthrough in crime, right? And, you know, we, we always hope that with advances in technology, DNA and everything else, that um, those crimes will be solved at mm -hmm. some point in time. Mm -hmm. Um. Go ahead. I was just going to say to the deputy's point, Yeah, if you were to open up some of these old case boxes, you may find yourself a couple of VHS tapes, right? That is how our interviews were once recorded. I remember we, we from when I started, we had a closet and you'd have to record, you'd have to put three tapes in and hit record at the same time. And then that's how you get those copies, right? Now, again, it's so simple for our members now because everything's just stored in the cloud easily, right? You hit the record on the, uh, on the computer and it automatically goes to the cloud. Like it's incredible how much physical space we've saved just by moving digital as well. And then the servers as well, when the servers would be full, you couldn't record a video statement because it would tell you the server is full. Now with the cloud, we don't have that problem anymore, right? So it's uh, it's incredible going from physical space to to server space now to the cloud, which you know effectively is infinite, right? As long as they keep the the they keep building servers for the cloud based storage, right? What about so, access to that? I'm thinking about that too because the valuable just having it in one spot, but then officers in the field, like in their car, what is the the modern police vehicle like, and how is how easily is that uh, information accessed? The car is basically a mobile uh, office. So the officers are able, we have a, 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 an app called Axon Capture. We're able to uh, access the uh, videos, audios from the car. So you can review uh, in-car camera footages uh, for your notes. Uh, you can you can also review in-car footages if there's a protest, how many people are at the protest, what's the weather like. Uh, investigation for crime scene. So those are easily accessible in the cars. We also have uh, the, the encrypted police radio. We have uh, our uh, smartphone, which is called the HMDT, Mobile Data Terminal. The reason for that terminology is because it stores a lot of our, uh, it's not a regular cell phone. It has a lot of data in it, police data. And basically your cell phone is, the mobile data cell phone is the same as the car's mobile data terminal. 
So you're able to exit that vehicle, your your police car, and now you're into the community with community engagement, and then you can do your investigations uh, from that phone. So the phone I can run your name, I can run your license plate, I can uh, give you a ticket uh, virtually. I'd go back to the car. Our cars all have uh, printers. Right, so you were we, messing around. You said it was an office. Yeah, we yeah. the, the in car camera is pivotal because we have instant replay. Uh, I, I can see on the Twitter we we post a lot of things from our, our Fleet Three. Fleet Three is a new is on new technologies that upgrade to our in car cameras, where you're able to uh, to review a incident. So a member of the community will say, "I didn't stop." You bring back to the car and you review that video, and there's the footage just indicating that the person did go through a. Uh, stop sign. Wow. From a technology perspective, we really wanted to make sure that the operations from a frontline perspective is really enhanced by the mobile office. We come to work every day. Most of the, uh, the public comes to work. They go into either their home, working from home. That extends to our officers, right? So when we say, when you see a frontline police officer, they're going into their office, right? And that office has to be equipped with all the tools necessary to keep them on the street, to responding them to calls. And the one um, significant factor out all of this is we want to make sure that uh, the public sees uh, our officers on the street. That means in using technology to keep them out, responding to calls, being proactive, and actually doing the things that we want them to do in terms of community engagement, right? So when you talk about a technology platform that enhances community safety, that is what we've built in relation to the cars, right? And I'll tell you, from a public perspective, um, being in a Ford Explorer for 12 hours is not an easy endeavor. And the amount of equipment that goes into that vehicle, not only from a technology perspective, but from, you know, the cage uh, that goes into the back um, to the shotguns that we keep in the actual vehicles. We, you know, years ago, we, we went into a process where ergonomically, no different than you sitting at a desk, we actually had to ergonomically design a vehicle so that you think an officer's computer is to the right, typically from the driver's seat. That motion of actually being twisted is actually not a great position for you to type in, right? So when you actually think about what an inside of a cruiser looks like, how does that impact the officer's well-being with the technology that you put? We had to invest in a keyboard that actually articulates and and comes over, right? So these are little things that I, I don't think the public is aware about. Right? Um, uh, Kelvin mentioned some vendors, Axon, or a, a program that use Axon. Do you work with lots of vendors and what are the relationships with them? We partner with lots of innovative uh, companies uh, that are really trying to transform our industry. We've seen how society has been disrupted with technology and that disruption also comes within a policing context, right? So when you think about how different technology impacts the way that we do business, so I'll give you an example. Yeah. So Axon being one of them that Calvin's mentioned, right? Um, prior to the pandemic, we, we would physically have to go see everyone. Our business and our service delivery model required us to physically go be in front of somebody, take statements, do all of those things in person. We go into a pandemic mode and then all of that shifts. People are concerned about physical interactions being close. We had to change, right? So 
you have a company like Axon who produces our tasers. They produce our digital evidence management system. They produce um, our Axon Citizen product or in-car camera product. They allowed us to communicate with the public and receive information digitally. So when we now go to a call, we don't have to physically be there to obtain evidence. We actually send a citizen a link. They actually upload the evidence and it becomes seamless in terms of when that evidence, because you think from a policing perspective, everybody watches TV, we have to tag something that we seize, right? There has to be a certain code. There's a chain of custody in relation to evidence because ultimately that go that case goes to court and we have to demonstrate that, hey, this knife came from this scene and this is where. So from a digital evidence perspective, the same holds true. So that chain of custody um, was produced by Axon and it's all there. So Axon is just one of many companies that we deal with. We deal with another company called Spider and they created a very unique platform and it's called the Amazon of Policing. Right. So you, you think about, okay, well, like, are we shopping for something? Yeah, no, next right. Day delivery. What's no, going on? No, yeah. we are not delivering you to jail. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, we're actually doing something different. And what their premise behind their technology is they understood that we've evolved from a, a societal perspective where people are now mobile. They understand technology. They can leverage technology. Right. So from a dispatch perspective, if we get a call for service and we know we're going to be delayed, that technology automatically sends you information in a text to say, hey, the officer's delayed. It'll, instead of being there in 15 minutes, they'll be there in 30 minutes. So that's part one. The second phase of the application is if you have a break and enter case, a theft case where we've now investigated, instead of an officer actually having to call you and continue to give you updates, and this is where the Amazon approach comes in, mm -hmm. you can actually leverage the technology, log in and see what updates the officers provided. So at least this way, you are now not relying on an officer to call you, which is an efficiency for us. It allows you the control to actually look at your own case. Right. So you think about the modernization of policing and what that means. And then lastly, what the technology does is it'll actually send you a survey and say, hey, how did that officer do? Did, mm. he, did he treat you well? So when you talk about pub public trust and confidence in policing and what that actually means, these are the pieces when we talk about technology that really modernize the way that we do our business. And those are just a couple examples. So I was actually building off of uh, some of the deputy mentioned about Axon yeah. Citizen, right? Just the, working with vendors and these public safety partners to come up with products and technology that really help um, improve community safety. So, um, you know, the deputy also mentioned that we'd ha we used to have to go door to door, right, to collect evidence. And you can imagine in a fatal collision or a collision, um, we almost have to, we would have to go door to door to conduct a canvas. And it's not just the time spent going door to door because it's a little bit of luck because you have to go to the door, knock on the door, hoping that somebody's at home, leave a card. Maybe they're going to call you back. Maybe they won't. Or maybe we just keep crossing paths and never get to you know, make contact with this valuable uh, witness that it may have information or video or otherwise. So in a number of fatal collisions, actually, it takes me back to one in... Um, it was right around the pandemic, um, in the middle of the pandemic, we had never used Axon Citizen before. And Axon Citizen is the public facing portal um, that Axon had created. And what it allows us to do is instead of 
us going door to door or instead of us, um, you know, sending direct links to members of the public, we could publish a generic link to a specific case file and that could be pushed out through a media release, which is what we did. So in a media release, we pushed out a link that members of the public would, would see and it would have information about the collision. If anybody was in this area or they live in this area and have access to a Nest Cam or any other surveillance, simply click this link and upload your video. And that case was interesting because as we looked at it, we did not have a single witness that could give us a description of the car. We had no idea what kind of car it was. We had nothing. And it was one of the ones, especially in a fail to remain where the person is taken off, we may never know uh, who that person is, right? Because they'll usually take their car and try and get it fixed as quickly as possible. So within 24 hours after publishing the link, we had, oh, I want to say somewhere about 30 different videos that were uploaded by members of that community because of that link. And so our investigators from the office, without having to go door to door, were able to look at each and every one of those videos and they go, holy cow, we got the car. Wow. And then shortly thereafter, we're able to make an arrest, right? And so that's where, um, you know, these pieces of technology really come and enhance public safety. Oh, yeah. Um, and efficiency. Like, that just keeps popping in my head. Like, it's right here. I need it. We're, it's right here. We got it. We're good to go. Unbe- it's, it's unbelievable. The yeah. efficiencies are great. Um, and one thing, actually, that we talked about earlier, which is the the partnership with these public safety companies, um, these vendors, if yes. you will, right? And, you know, I think we can all admit that as police professionals, as police organizations, we are not going to ever be able to create technology in-house that is going to create the efficiencies, um, you know, that we need. So we have to look external. But the public safety partners, our, our technology partners, also recognize that they're not going to be able to create these products in a silo with our, without our input. Um, and so what's really neat about a lot of these companies is that we actually partner with them regularly, providing them feedback, giving them suggestions on things that perhaps they could do to tweak these products to make them better for us. So that's probably great for building the relationships that are, you know, kind of damaged right now when we need to mend those fences. The iconic image for me of a gumshoe is a officer with the hat. The, the trench coat and the pad. Are we still using the pad, the notepads for day-to-day stuff? If you go back to, uh, you know, policing as it was created by Sir Robert Peel, it's been probably 200 years. Um, the same paper-based notebook, uh, duty book notebook that was used back um, when modern day policing was created is still being primarily used in policing across Canada. And uh, we have just actually, it was Monday, we fully went live with our new solution. Um, we've, we've engaged in a partnership with a company called Digital, Digital Mobility Incorporated out of Toronto. They created an application called Intelligent Mobile Patrol. And that um, application replaces that paper-based notebook. So when you think about, we talked about storage, right? Mm -hmm. So we we have a room this size that has probably the better part of 50 plus years of officer notebooks that are stored because we have to keep them from a retention perspective, right? So uh, we are one of three police services within Canada that have transitioned and modernized to electronic notes. But that has taken a a significant amount of effort. And I, I, I can share with you. Yeah. Why that, would it take such a significant effort? Because the, the business of policing is complex <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, and we're tied to, you know, an officer's memo book is not just to, um, to record events, but it's to allow for an officer when they go to court, uh, to actually remember the events uh, that happened a year ago, right? And the evidence that was gathered, the picture that that officer had recorded in a notebook. And sometimes from a technology perspective, because of our um, that notebook being required for evidence, 
we had to satisfy a few things from a court perspective, right? So uh, an officer's notebook, uh, the reason that it's it's lasted this long is when you put down something on um, paper format and pen, it's it's a forever document. Right. Right. It's there. It's there. Yeah. You, there's been a level of confidence and trust developed over time from a recording that we know that an officer can testify to that says, hey, I've, I, there's no been no changes, deletions, none of that. Right. I think that's a great reminder. This that chain of evidence and how solid it has to be the whole way. And that's so important. Yeah. Yeah, our notebooks also uh, uh, utilized by our community members that uh, call the police for service. So sometimes they want to go th- uh, have a copy of your officer's notes by having uh, digital notes. Uh, it's, it's completed that day. It's legible. It's seamless. It's in a PDF file. Uh, our Freedom of Information uh, Office will provide that information. Uh, depends what they're asking for. Uh, the turnaround will be pretty well within the day, I would I would say. Okay. Right? Yeah, it's just that quickly. Yeah. But you just have to make sure that the right information is provided. Right. I think that's a really good point to make. I'm just going to go to one piece of a very humanistic example yes. of why it's so important to go uh, to electronic notes. And, you know, when you talk about officers and traumatic events, I, I can tell you, I think we've all experienced when we've gone to calls, your hand is shaking so bad that you cannot actually complete a note because of the event that you were exposed to, the fact that um, it had such an impact on you that just the manual dexterity of actually writing is a problem. So uh, that really brings a, a different human element to what we do and why technology really enhances it. So instead of actually having, I would just speech to text. At least I get my words out. It gives me, because even the fact that you're seeing yourself shake creates more anxiety, right? So uh, a lot of the public may not know that, you know what, Police officers are human beings and we face, um, you know, challenges like any other profession. And these things do impact us on a day-to-day basis, right? So giving people a little bit of a tool to help them uh, does make a big difference. Um, you mentioned the the video feed in the registry. Do you guys have a lot of success with people signing up for for that sort of things? And where do they go to, where, can you give us a direction on where to go for, for that sort of um, yeah, the, information? Yeah, I, I can. Uh, so just going online to yrp.ca, um, you can access the street camera registry through um, our actual website. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do it through our community safety uh, data portal that's uh, also accessible. So um, when you talk about the community and leveraging the power of the community um, to enhance uh, public safety. Uh, the street camera registry is a great tool because it allows us to at least know that you do have a camera, uh, that that camera uh, was recording and that there might be valuable information that that camera has on it. No different than what we saw with, um, you know, that fatal collision that would record um, evidence that would allow us to bring um, that case to a conclusion in terms of solving it and bringing, um, you know, the person that committed that crime to justice, right? So we've done a lot of work uh, from a community standpoint. We've launched a community safety data portal, and that was our way of actually trying to leverage the power of community in terms of enhanced public safety as a shared responsibility. 
we've heard a lot about, okay, what are the police doing? What are the police doing? But we all forget that the police are the public and the public are the police. And, you know, you have uh, in the region, uh, in our region, we have 1.2 million citizens. And you can't forget that every single one of us has a responsibility for that. And when we launched our portal, it was our way of saying to the community, you can we're going to show you where all the crimes are. We want you to actually upload any video uh, to our portal. We want you to put uh, in Crime Stoppers tip, uh, tips if you're worried about actually coming forward. So we provide a mechanism that our community can actually go in and say, hey, if I want to participate and engage in terms of making my community safe, Here's how I do it. I can go on to the portal, actively look at crimes, actually look at different media releases, actively look at different crime trends. We just launched, so theft of motor vehicles is an epidemic within the province of Ontario, right? We've just launched uh, through the safety portal, you know, the top 10 list of vehicles that, get, that are stolen, right? With associated crime prevention uh, tips. So we all know you get a club, you put your car in the garage, you get a Faraday box, it's going to make stealing a car that much harder, right? So we, from a policing perspective, can't be on every street every minute of the day. We can rely on the citizens to actually do their part and prevent some of that crime, right? So our safety portable, we're very proud of. It's been two years in the making, but it really provides uh, the community with um, at least a lens into what is going on in their neighborhood and it provides them with a mechanism to actually um, help us and help them with different crime that is going on. So something that uh, we continue to build upon and that we want to actually continue to foster because like I said, community safety and well-being is a shared responsibility and the police, we are one stakeholder in the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. That's a great place to end it. Thank you very much for your time today, gentlemen. This has been Dispatches. I'm Eric Chapman.